Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, hello, and welcome to Bachelor Blab. I'm your host, Jackie Maroney, and today I have Dahlia Karnofsky, the dating coach that was on my podcast a couple weeks ago, but she's back again. Hi, Dahlia. Hello. Glad to be back. So honored. Well, you should be. No, just kidding. But um, (laughs) I'm very excited to have you on for this episode specifically because now Paradise is over and we've seen all the final couples and kind of like all the cards have fallen where they may. And I have a lot of questions and honestly, a lot of confusion about some of the couples that ended up together. And I really want to hear your hot takes. So um, is there anything else you want to plug or talk about before we get started? I know you, you also have a podcast, which is amazing. And maybe I've been on it before. Maybe I haven't. Not Your Therapist podcast is a live coaching podcast. I coach people both anonymously and not if they're feeling bold about whatever they're dealing with in their dating and relationship lives. People are finding it pretty helpful. And I also coach privately. So if you're someone who doesn't want to be recorded, but you think maybe you could use some help making dating more fun, I'm the gal for you. Not Your Therapist podcast at gmail.com. Woo! <laughs> okay, so first off, I, I want to know your thoughts about Paradise in general, and then we'll get into the specific couples, but um, you had mentioned last time you were on my podcast that Paradise is your favorite, so I want to know what you thought about this season, because a lot of people, I don't know, mixed reviews. I really enjoyed this season, but a lot of people didn't. Honestly, I mean, I always enjoy all of it because I love drama and I love dating. Mm-hmm. I do know a lot of people had complaints about the fact that more and more they're all meeting each other beforehand. So it's not as much like they're coming in and being surprised. It's like they're coming in with an agenda. I also like, I just had a hard time like getting excited about a lot of these couples. It wasn't, it felt very young to me now that I'm thinking about it. It felt very much like people who shouldn't be making these proclamations and shouldn't be trying to get engaged in like four weeks or whatever yeah. In the past, like with, you know, the Jaden Tanner year and the Carly and Evan, like for some reason they just felt more mature to me in a way. And like, I really kind of believed it. And now I think also because Bachelor has become such like a fame vehicle and kind of like a social strata in itself, it's just feeling less genuine and more about like the roles that they're playing. Totally. No, that makes sense. And as far as the age thing, I think, you know, we had Colton and Hannah who were both very young. Very young. Yes. But mm-hmm. I think I'm hoping that that was just a weird cycle that they went through and we'll get back to older contestants now that Peter is, I think a bit older, right? Is he, how old is he? I think he's in his late twenties at least. I, that, that's the thing. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't even think he's 30 to be honest with you. I know. No, I, I mean, I, the older, the better, I think obviously, I mean, I'm sure we were going to get to this, but I really wish it had been Mike. I think he's yeah. the only real man. I would love to watch a real man, but I agree. I do. think Mike would have been a much more entertaining season because yeah. I think that that's the thing that's so weird to me is I think Mike 
is actually an eligible bachelor. Like when I see him speak, he he seems like super funny, super smart, like has his shit together, is obviously good looking. Like that's someone I would actually be interested in meeting. And someone like Peter, while he's, he has a career and he seems very sweet and stuff. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just my type. Like I don't find him very. No. Feeling or really, really attractive. I don't think I would pick him out of a lineup, like at a bar or anything, and be like, "Hey, you are the one I want to meet tonight." Like, I'm glad he has a real job, so I don't feel like he's trying to use the Bachelor for his job. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, even seeing him on the finale last night, I was like, he looks really like he just made me seem really, really nervous. I'm really unsure of himself, and I'm sure it's nerve wracking. I can't even imagine. But I'm just like, I don't need to watch like another little boy struggle through his mommy issues or whatever. Like Mike knows who he is, what he wants. He's not afraid to speak his mind. Like that would be great. And I'm really rooting for him. Whereas Peter, I'm like, ugh, you'll be fine, dude. You're like a boring white guy. Yeah, no, I, I am 100% with you on all of that. I do think though, the, one of the reasons why they might not have picked Mike is that there's rumors going around that he might be dating Demi Lovato, LOL. No way. No way. I don't know if it's true or not, but then when you, then I'm like, okay, well, if you look at the people who really had a shot, like Mike, Tyler, C, and honestly, Peter, because I, obviously it's not going to be Jed, Tyler's dating Gigi Hadid and Mike is dating Demi Lovato. Maybe. I don't know, but that's like what the speculation is. So then it's like, oh, well, Peter's kind of your only option. I don't know who else they would have picked. I mean, I didn't know that about Mike. I guess that would explain. But it's not confirmed. It could also just be that the Bachelor producers want to stick with what they know. Because I feel like we've seen people like Peter over and over. I mean, I also think they took a rather large risk, which shouldn't be a risk, but still is with the whole Demi Christian storyline. So they may, this may be their like, we did the inclusivity thing. So we're going to go back to the normal white guy instead of having the first black bachelor or like someone a little more interesting, someone a little older, someone with a little more going on. They're like, we took a big leap this year by having a same sex relationship. So now we have to pull it back a little for our middle America audience. Yeah. Which unfortunately might be the case as well. Because I know people like, like friends of my mom's from New Jersey and things like that. There were some of them were the things that would come out of their mouth. I'm like, guys, you need to move on with your lives because yeah. they go, oh, I just, I, I just don't like this. And I'm like, okay, well. Okay. All right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> calm down. It's fine. Seriously. It's fine. Like they were probably the, one of the healthiest relationships. One of the healthiest you know? for sure. And very sure. good. That's what I really liked about them in general. I mean, we'll get to all the couples, but mm-hmm. I feel like they were a very good example of, just like healthy communicating. And I feel like when they had, cause it's not like everything was all perfect with them too. I liked that they showed them and all the, the problems and hurdles and, and them just like talking about it and getting through it, whether it was Demi's insecurity of showing um, like PDA or whether it was the issue where she felt like Christian was maybe being flirtier, but that was misinterpreted with the PDA and things like that. Like that's a real right conversation that couples have to have and Mm -hmm. I feel like they they just like so respectfully communicated it and like got it all out there and like that's a good example welcome to a female female relationship like that I mean it's not a lie like there's a reason uh you know same-sex relationships they have their struggles of course there's still a relationship but there is something about two people who kind of naturally communicate in the same way, whereas that whole like men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing, that's true. Like 
That's why there are often blocks in communication in heterosexual couples. Of course, homosexual couples can also have blocks in communication, but a big reason I think that there's the whole like joke about how fast lesbians move is because they communicate so much. They're on the same page. They're in it for the same thing. They talk about everything. And yeah, it allows your relationship to grow stronger faster, I think. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've obviously, I've heard that that joke or stereotype as Mm -hmm. well makes sense as to why it would be like that. Yeah. Um, All right. So getting into the couples, the first thing I want to, all right, there's, there's four we should be talking about. Katie and Chris, Hannah and Dylan, Clay and Nicole, and I guess Demi and Christian. And if we want to talk more about Demi and Christian, we can. So Hannah and Dylan, I, I have questions for you specifically about this because I feel like Dylan did all of the, like, I'm trying to think of how to put this in the right way. I feel like we know that girls like to chase what they can't have, right? And sometimes it's almost more appealing to a girl if a guy is a little, you don't know where you stand with him, you kind of have to work a little to get his attention, things like that. I feel like Dylan did all the wrong things when it comes to attracting a mate yet like still got the girl that is now head over heels in love with him type thing. Like I just, it's, it, I mean, and I'm happy for them. They're cute. They seem great together, but it just seems like, how did this happen? And <laughs> that's not like how it's supposed to go, especially someone like Hannah who like was the hot commodity on the beach. Yeah, I think, you know, and I would very rarely give credit to a young woman just because like, I, I think that like no one should really be allowed to get married before they're 30 years old because I just don't think you're a real person yet. So generally I would say, what is she like 24, 25? Probably. I wouldn't trust her to make a good decision. Um, however, I think that what you're saying is true. Like women are often attracted to the bad boy, the guy who makes them chase, et cetera, et cetera when they're in their 20s, when you're in your 30s and you are actually wanting to be in a healthy, solid relationship and you've had your share of chasing people and having bad relationships and being in relationships with men who don't know how to treat you and et cetera, et cetera, that's when you start to appreciate the nice guy and the guy who's consistent and committed and wants you and knows he wants you and tells you how much he wants you. And that becomes appealing as you mature and as you start to value yourself and as you realize that a relationship doesn't have to look dramatic and painful, it can be safe and comforting and warm and fun. So I I actually think Hannah, she talked a little bit about in their engagement, like whatever she went through before and how it really hurt her and she felt like she'd been burned. Was she talking about Colton or was she talking about someone else? I think we're supposed to believe she's talking about Colton because she made it, yeah, because she was like the one at the end and I think she really thought it was going to be her. Yeah. Right. So whatever, if that's what did it for her, you know, I don't think she's like the most brilliant woman in the world, but some people are a little more quick to emotionally catch on to that and to emotionally mature. And I think she experienced getting hurt. I'm sure she has before. She does seem like someone who's probably usually drawn to the bad guy. You almost saw her go with Blake. You almost saw her fall for that whole thing. And there was something in her brain, whether it was I'm being watched and I don't want to look stupid on TV and like go for the bad guy when this good guy wants me or whether she was trying to set an example or whatever her past experience was, I think she came to a realization of like, oh, the nice guy, if you give him a chance, it's not boring to have someone treat you well. It's the way it should be. It's similar to what 
when we talked about Hannah and how for so long it took her, the other Hannah, Hannah B, so long to get over the Luke thing because she was still associating love with like this dramatic bad feeling. And it takes everyone a different amount of time. And and I find it surprising that Hannah G figured it out this early on. And who knows if it will actually work. Like I could see her you know, straying for some bad boy and having to learn the lesson all over again. But at least for now, it seems like she did kind of figure out what takes a lot of us a lot longer to figure out, which is like being treated well actually feels really good. And it allows you to get to a level of love that, as she kept saying, she didn't know was possible when it's not about the constant push-pull and the chase. It's a real love that is solid and feels so different once you allow it to get there by actually allowing someone who likes you to treat you well and be there. Yeah. That's, uh, you're always so insightful. That's like, I, after you say all these things, I'm like, and I have nothing to add. (laughs) Like I also, as you were talking, I saw in my notes too, we also have two other couples to talk about Tasha and JPJ and Kaylin and Dean. And so speaking of bad boys, we can transition right into this Kaylin and Dean. Cause Mm. I, is he, is Dean, a changed man. Like, it, you know, we've seen how he acted, you know, he's had a reputation. We saw how he acted in paradise last time. Um, and then I didn't actually watch winter games, but he was like with some girl from that. And then I don't think that really went. Oh yeah. I remember that. Far or something. Yeah. I didn't watch it. But then a couple weeks ago I had on my podcast, Iggy Rodriguez. He was from Rachel season and he was on paradise. One of the seasons he's not very well known in, in bachelor nation, but, um, he was on Rachel's season, so he's still a good friend of Dean's, and like they still chat, um, even though Iggy's like way more out of the spotlight now and focusing on his actual life. And he's like, you know, like I love Dean, like I'm watching Paradise because like he's my Deanie babies, but like wait till the end, like he doesn't treat girls well, and like he has not changed, like he just kind of wants Instagram followers, like he flat out said that. And um, but then I listened to um. Dean speak on another podcast. It was Nick Vile's podcast. And he actually seemed to really be like, no, like I was really sad about this. I really did go to the Grand Canyon. I wasn't just like sitting in a hotel in Mexico, like planning my return. I really want to give this a shot. I want, I want to care for Kaylin. And they seem to be going strong. I don't think, I mean, look, I think anything could happen. I, but I think the important thing that she kind of overlooked that everyone's kind of overlooking is even if he's a changed man in terms of how he treats women or whatever, which I totally believe could be true because, you know, everyone is not great until they are. Everyone has their past until they meet the person. And it's not even so much like, oh, he was such a bad guy before. It's just like those weren't the right women for him. And like that doesn't make someone a bad person. If you find the right person and all of a sudden you're better at being in a relationship, then that was the right person for you. So I don't think he's as bad a guy as everyone else. He was in his 20s. He's fucking surrounded by beautiful women. He's famous. Like, what do you want? You know, like, get over it. It's fine. He didn't, like, abuse anybody. He was just being young. And they all knew who he was, and they were going for him anyway. Like, when you're going to go for this hot player guy with a reputation, you can't really be mad when he's a hot player guy. Like, so on the one hand, I'm like, He could totally be, she was just the right person to turn him around, or at least right now she is. At the same time, he said to her explicitly, I do not want a life of going to dinner parties, sitting at home watching movies, getting married, having babies. He said that, and he was honest and upfront about it. He came back and said, 
I'm going to try and be a better partner. But he still didn't say, I'm going to eventually want the life that you want. And I think she's kind of fooling herself into being like, yeah, this van thing is fun. Like, I'm having fun. I think she's kind of blindly choosing not to hear the part about ultimately what kind of life he wants. And I think she somewhere in her mind thinks, oh, he's just saying that he's going to grow out of that. He's going to change his mind. Mm -hmm. And he may. But then there are people in the world and there's nothing wrong with them that that is not the life they want. And as long as they're upfront and honest with their partners about that, they're not doing anything wrong. So that's where I see it falling apart is I think she thinks, oh yeah, cool. Like this is a novelty. We'll do the van thing for a couple of years and then we're going to get engaged and have babies. Right. And I think that's where it's going to fall apart. And I don't think it's because he's a bad person. I just think he wants something different and he did tell her and she's now going in with eyes open and saying like, yeah, I want this too. And also, who knows? Maybe she'll decide she loves van life and she's a hippie and she wants a different no. life too. Like, I don't see that. I, I mean, I also think too, like, it is Kaylin. I do have doubts about her authenticity at times. So I think with what you're saying, which is a totally, that's like a, such a good take on the whole situation there, is that she probably in the back, whether it's like consciously or subconsciously knows it will be temporary, but the benefits of being in this like high profile temporary relationship definitely outweigh the maybe heartbreak she's going to have. And I think she's doing the classic girl thing of like, yeah, he says that, but he'll change for me. And he may, he may, he may be like, okay, have my fill of running around in a van. But you know, at the same time that I think in our society right now, women are kind of having this moment of I don't have to get married and have babies. And like that, that's not, you know, I can be a career woman or I can be someone who's just happy with my friends and my dog, whatever. I think guys also are having that moment. And even though we think like, oh, well, guys could always do that. No, I think there, there's been a long-term ex- expectation of guys to get married and ultimately want to settle down. And I think I totally now agree. everyone is kind of realizing like, oh, I don't have to be that. And I think the only obligation then is for people to be honest about that. So I think if a guy knows that's not the life he wants, he, that's fine. That Nothing is wrong with him. He just has to be honest about that from the beginning. Yeah, totally. I Speaking of being honest, Ooh. you're giving me all these segues. Um, Clay and Nicole. So did Clay, in your opinion, I, well, here's the thing. I think Clay obviously went through a breakup wanted to move on with his life, wanted to meet someone, met Nicole, things are going good. And as soon as Angela came onto the beach, everyone, I feel like everyone was like Clay and Nicole are like, Angela, Angela and her agenda, Angela, Angela. And it's like, guys, the only one who's like talking about this is you like not (laughs) like, I think you're the one like Clay. I think you're the one who's like not over Angela. Yeah. I have to see Angela, Angela. It's like, um, and I think as soon as she came on the beach, it was very clear to me that like, he's not over her. And then I think that's kind of ultimately what led to them not being anything. What did he lead? Did he lead Nicole on? Cause I feel like that's what Nicole is kind of making it seem like on social media now that he's like, I, I don't even remember the exact word she used. I'll, I'll look it up on Twitter later. But. I don't think he led her on. I just think ultimately he's clearly not at a place in his life for a relationship. And I think I don't think he's not over Angela because I don't think he would have broken up with her. And it would have been very easy to get back together with her if he still had feelings for her. I think he didn't like 
her coming on and him having to watch her with other people. I think it was that classic thing of like, well, I don't want you, but I don't want other people to have you kind of thing. And I think he loved the idea of like, this woman is brokenhearted over me and I'm on this island meeting a new woman. Like, I think he loved kind of the narrative of that. Yeah. But when she actually was there, she was kind of like, it's like when your mom shows up to a party, you know what I mean? It's like he was, I think it was less like he's not over her and more just like, ugh, she's like taking the fun out of this because now I have this this concrete reminder of my past. And also I think he is kind of, I actually think he's kind of uh, a little bit Peter Pan syndrome or like immature where he wants to be able to date a woman and say this stuff to her and not really have to make good or build a future partially because of where he is with his career. He, he mentioned his career a lot, which was like yeah. I'm nervous about the fact that I don't have a football career anymore and I don't know what I'm going to do. And he didn't like that Angela was kind of counting on being this wife mother. And I think that's why they ultimately broke up is he's like, well, I need someone who's going to work because I don't know what my career situation is. Right. So I think he has this whole basket of reasons why he's not ready for a relationship. I don't think he was leading Nicole on, but I think he was just like, yeah, this is fun. I'll say stuff to you. I'm into you. And he's kind of your classic, like, I'm into you until things get serious and real. And then this scares me and I want to run away. I think it was just pretty, like, he's, to me, kind of the most um, classic fuckboy. Am I allowed to say that? Of- yeah, you can say that. All of them. Totally. I think he's, like, worse than Dean because I don't think he was honest. I think he was always like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm this real man. But he obviously has some fear of commitment issues and some fears about where his life is going, and he's not ready to commit to a woman. And he wasn't totally upfront about that. At the same time, I think Nicole was ridiculous at the end, freaking out at him. I feel like going into it, Nicole wanted the whole, the whole. Yeah. But I think when someone says, look, I've known you for, you know, four weeks. I'm not ready to get engaged right this second or say that I love you right this second, but I'd like to see where this goes. To me, that's very reasonable. And that's a sign of maturity and judgment. Mm-hmm. And her freaking out about that. I'm like, girl, get it together. Like. I would have been like, cool, let's get to know each other. But like, let me know if you don't see this going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there there were a lot of signs of immaturity from Nicole the whole season. Like, I don't know. She was just someone who I initially just really liked the – she just liked the attention that she was like this hot commodity, the bachelorette of paradise. And, you know, and just some of the things she said about Angela, I think just – you're right. Yeah. She was immaturity. At the end of the day, and it's not a crime. And I mean, she might have been picking up on, like, because obviously we don't see everything. So even though he said, like, yeah, but I still really care about you and I want to get to know you, she might have been picking up on the shift that had happened and that even though he was saying that, maybe he didn't fully mean it and Mm -hmm. that there was more to it than that and that, you know, because he definitely, once Angela got there, like, pulled back a lot and was way less into her. That was clear to everybody. So that might have just been the last straw for her. Both of them have like major maturity issues and like some delusions going on. Yes, especially when Nicole like sat down Angela and was like, that's my man here. I don't want to have any problems. And Angela was like, yeah, I wasn't going to ask him on the date. Like what are you talking about? Yeah, Yeah. like a poor Angela. I mean, I I felt for her too because I was like, I think she – and she had a good point. She was like, why is he allowed to be here and I'm not? Like, Oh, totally. No, I think – think Angela is great. And, you know, I, and she was with that random guy who I don't even remember his name. And they, they I don't, who knows, but they seem to have a cute little fling, but then they were like, Oh, we're going to respectfully part ways. This was, yeah. 
thank you. And then that was it. I was like, wow, maturity. We love to see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I think in paradise, like it's on the one hand, it's ridiculous for anyone to get engaged after four weeks. On the other hand, they are spending every day together and you probably do know pretty quickly if there's something strong there or if you're just like, I'm with you because you're here. And I think it was coming across that Clay was basically with Nicole because she was there, even though he was excited about her at first. Once the reality of the world started setting in, he was like, oh, actually, I don't know. And they did have their distance thing, separating yeah. them, and that was would have been a big thing. But the way she behaved was just kind of unappealing. Totally. Um, I want to go into Katie and Chris because oh, I gosh. think that one's an interesting one too. <laughs> Did you yeah. say, oh God? Yeah. <laughs> um, why do you think physically that? hurt me? It hurt me to watch. Why, 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 why? Because she is your classic young girl who thinks that it being hard is normal and natural and that just means that the feelings are really deep like sorry no it shouldn't be that hard it should never be that hard it should especially not be that hard at the beginning and if you're having to tell a person every day that they're not giving you enough and they're not showing their love for you enough and you don't feel secure with them and that's what every single conversation is about you do not have a relationship she should have been so out of there so long ago like when he tried to tell her, I don't want to do the fantasy suite, and she basically talked him out of it. Like, you should not be convincing the person every day. You shouldn't be crying every day. You shouldn't be telling the person every day that you're not getting enough from them. No, no, no. That is not a relationship. No, totally. I And, I, and I, even though I, I'm in my 20s and have a horrible record when it comes to dating, even, even I saw that and was like, yeah. Katie, come on. Like, you deserve better than this. Right. Like, what are you... Also, like, what, you're engaged to this man? Like, what are you waiting for? No, that's not an engagement. That's not an engagement. Like, this is when I think it's hilarious when it's, like, the sanctity of marriage. I'm like, why are we calling this an engagement? For the Neil Lane ring. But she, and also, like, even when she was like, yeah, I mean, I've seen my friends in relationships like this, and I always tell them to get out. And I was like, so what are you doing? Like, why are you still in this? And she kept being like, I love him so much. And I'm like, no offense, but, like, what do you love about him? Like he's the most normal, vanilla, boring <laughs> white dude. I haven't seen man. one thing that is charming. It would be one thing if he was treating you like a princess, but he's treating you badly. Yeah. He's basically ignoring you. He seems constantly exhausted by you and all of life. Like what are, and like Katie is so beautiful. And I'm like, what part of you thinks this is your last chance at love? Like, what are you doing? Why do girls do that though? Because I feel like my friends do it and myself included. I feel like we get so hung up on these men that we build up to be like so incredible. But then like when I, when I objectively look at it, I'm like, wait, this man is like not even slightly above average. Like it is very just like, yep. You're a white guy. (laughs) Like, why do we do that? Pheromones, chemistry, timing, context. Like she was in this world where everyone was pairing off and she wanted to believe in this love so bad, but also to get real like psychoanalyst on you. um, There's the, it's very substantial how you experience love as a child from your parents Mm -hmm. and you know, your first relationships or whatever, whatever you experienced as love. And we learn that that's what love is. So even though it wasn't necessarily always good, it's familiar. So then we go seeking out the familiar. And whereas most girls, it takes them a while to actually want someone who treats them well, 
not because like all of our parents treated us badly, but probably at some point in your childhood, there was something lacking or there was some, some not super healthy way that love was experienced or something that it takes us a while to kind of be like, Oh, like I can just feel safe and healthy and happy. And that's what love is. And so instead we recognize this other thing is love, which is the struggle and the challenge and the drama and the abandonment and the fighting for someone's love. And because that feels familiar, we associate that with love, but it's not actually love. Preach, preach, preach. We love it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what her childhood was, but I'm guessing at some point she learned that like love is fighting for someone who isn't giving anything back. And she just continues to repeat that pattern. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it did make me sad for her, though, because she is such a catch. Like, mm-hmm. or just she's really, she seems just, like, really smart, and she's poised and put together, and, like, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, like, re- really not getting she it. does, not except for what Kowski brings to the table. Like, I mean, no, no, none of us. What does he even do? Like, well, and I think maybe she liked the idea of, like, he's been on Bachelor so many times, and now whatever we don't i i honestly could not tell you and sometimes we're just attracted to total duds for no reason and i can't explain it yeah um and that's just like a pheromones thing that is weird um but i will say she seemed very put together and smart on colton season this bachelor i don't know if she was just really drunk or tired all the time but like when she <laughs> bawled her eyes out because she didn't like wells oh right 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 she I'm actually like, has fun fact she has narcolepsy Oh, interesting. Which I learned recently. I don't know if that really. I don't know. Any of she that. might. Maybe that was affecting I, her. I don't know the symptoms of like narcolepsy. It's something I think you're just tired all the time. I think you like fall asleep. You need sleep. You can't sleep at night. It's hard. It's definitely not a fun thing. Yeah. But she seemed a little just unhinged overall. She was like very emotive about a lot of things and just seemed like, I don't know, just like a little too worked up a lot of the times and that's the only place where I could see Chris being like whoa like because she did seem just very like everything had a lot of meaning a lot of drama for her yeah I could see but I could see how being in that environment like everyone else is like pairing off and like getting into these serious relationships how like you just want that too and like maybe force it a little I I could see how that definitely no for sure for sure um I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting any other ones, but I want to talk about Tasha and JPJ because that oh. one, me, it, well, obviously took me totally by surprise when it first happened. When he when it first happened, and he like tried to recite the sonnet, and she was, and I was like, oh, like really? But like, okay, this is cute. It just seems to me at first I was like, oh, this is cute. This is a nice, cute little moment. But as it's gone on, you know, I think JPJ has like really taken it to the point of obsession Mm -hmm. and and now that they're together apparently and it's fine but it just it doesn't really seem like there's any substance to it other than like john paul jones is obsessed with taisha and she likes being with someone who's obsessed with her and he's funny and he's cute and he like i think he's super funny and probably is a blast to be around but like not someone you get married to yeah, I think it's going to be short-lived. Like, I think she likes that he's obsessed with her. It's really fun and quirky and over-the-top and full of adventures. But obviously, like, life is going to die down. They're going to go into the normalcy of having a relationship. He's yeah. going to get annoyed with her at something. I He is another one to me that seems 
that's very unstable and has a really bad temper yeah. and gets set off really easily. And when he does, there's no real talking to him. And I'm like, the first time that happens with her, she's going to be gone. Right. I know. That is a, that is a scary attribute in yes. people. I definitely know people in my life who are yeah. like that. Um, and unfortunately, and I, she oh. might put up with it a couple times if he then snaps back to being sweet, sweet, sweet. Right, right, But right. I would hope that at the first sign of that, she would be like, no, I'm not doing this. I don't really think, obviously, that a relationship can be sustained at their level of intense giddiness all the time. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I like the idea of a cougar. I like the idea of her finding someone who's obsessed with her. But I feel like he has some major issues and some major growing up to do. And I do think it's going to come out when the dust kind of settles. Yeah. And their age difference is, is like slightly significant. Like she's about 27, 28. He's 24-ish. So that is an age difference. But I do think, you know, that's like a pretty hefty difference in terms of just like where you're at life yeah. like maturity wise like he's right. right out of college and Tasha like has been married and divorced before right so like so 34 to 38 not a big age difference totally. 24 to 28 big age difference yeah there's so much growth and change so I guess we'll see but yeah mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of on the same page where like like cute but let's move on yeah. um are there any other ones that I'm forgetting anyone else or mm-hmm. anything that you really want to discuss because I think we really nailed it I think we got all of them. I'm trying to think if there were any other major takes. We got all the ones at the end. Um, do we even want to go into the Blake stage coach thing? I kind of oh, don't. Jesus. I kind of <laughs> don't care. I mean, I honestly, like, I think – I don't really know the whole story about the text with Kaylin, and I, I, I think that sounds horrible, and it sounds like you really disrespected her, but I do feel like at this point we're doing a lot of – uh, bullying of him, and I don't think he's great in any way. But I am like, look, the guy slept with a couple girls. Like, if these people weren't under the microscope, like, this is normal behavior. He didn't commit to anyone. Like, I do think, you know, Christina kind of pushed it over the top and they made it this huge deal. And Kaylin's a little bit of a drama queen, and I, I don't think he should have done whatever he did to her. But he, the text he released proved that Kaylin kind of lied about the situation. What like, did they say? That she, well, she was the one who came on to him, essentially being like, oh, I'm coming over. It's just for sex. Nothing more, nothing less. Like, let's just have sex. And he was like, um, you say that, but like, not all, like, they always say that and it never turns out the way. She's like, no, 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 just sex. It's fine. It's fine. And then there was another one about after the fact how they had both agreed to kind of downplay it and keep it a secret when they went to paradise Mm. Um, yeah i mean i don't think releasing text messages is ever fair or good i agree with whoever was saying like you could have been the bigger man blake and just shut your mouth you know um i think it's totally blown out of proportion for the most part on both sides i'm a little like sick of talking about it to be honest um, but other than that, is there anything else, any other couples, any other situations? I mean, we'll see what happens with Demi and Christian. I kind of think as much as I liked their relationship, I'm also like, don't know if you should marry the first person that you explore your new sexual identity with. That's very fair. I think that's valid. 
it, it could be fine, but it also could, you know, it could be that she needs to go explore some other people, some more experiences. Like she's just really finding herself and who she is, which is a crazy time to get into like a lifelong commitment. So I mean, I feel like with all the engagements, they're all probably gonna wait a while and have actual relationships first. And I think that's probably for the best. Oh, absolutely. Um, is there anything else you want to plug or talk about before we go? I know we kind of did that in the beginning, but if you would like to reiterate, where can people find you? Where can they listen to you? All of the above. Um, my podcast is Not Your Therapist Podcast, where I coach people on their dating lives and their relationships. I take listener questions. If you want to write in, DM us on Instagram, Not Your Therapist Podcast. We have a lot of little tidbits on there and videos and my just little thoughts about dating. And I think that is it. Not your therapist podcast at gmail.com. So that's fun. Thank you so much. I always, always, always love having you on because you have so many good takes on everything. There's nothing I disagree with. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yay. We did it. We did it. But thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, and have a good rest of your evening. You too. And then I assume we'll like reconvene when things get kicked off with Peter, the new boring bachelor. So yeah, this is actually probably my last podcast for a bit of time, but yeah, we'll be back, um, in January when Peter's the bachelor. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Ooh. All right. Bye. Bye. Bachelor Blab is going to be taking a bit of a break, but don't worry. We'll be back in January when The Bachelor comes back. Make sure to still connect with me on Twitter and on Instagram. I still post. I think I'm very funny on Twitter, but you be the judge of that. At Jackie Maroney underscore. And unfortunately, I will not see you next week, but I will see you guys when Bachelor returns in January. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.